I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a club segment, this time speaking with a Wolves representative, Thomas Boff, who you may have heard on the championship show last season. You can find him at Wolves Blog. He also uh, has Wolves Blog at basically everything else, like Facebook and .com. Thomas, an absolute pleasure to have you up on the Premier League, and congratulations on your return to it. Uh, I thought we would start with what's happened since the last time you were in the Premier League, because from the outside looking in, it has looked quite the adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, immediately after we got relegated from the Premier League, we got relegated from the Championship, so that was a uh, that was a fun couple of years for us. Um, ended up in League One. Uh, fortunately, got our act together, completely cleared out the entire squad, um, got back to the championship at the first attempt, thankfully. Um, then we had a couple of years of attempting to get out of the championship unsuccessfully, largely finishing around lower mid-table. Um, and then something quite exciting happened. We sold the club to uh, Fosun International, a Chinese conglomerate, uh, billionaires, uh, who have close links with uh, super agent George Mendes. And they've basically been pumping in a lot of money and bringing in a lot of high-profile players. Um, and after one, let's say, experimental season, uh, <laughs> where things didn't go exactly to plan, we got our act together last season, uh, got a great squad together, got a great coach in, in Nuno, and uh, yes, yeah, storm the championship. So um, we're back in the Premier League. We've got rich owners. We've got a great coach. We've got some wonderful players. Um, so it's looking like the times could be coming again for Wolves. And um, yeah, just hoping that they can fulfil the potential and promise this year. Yeah, you brought up the Portuguese connection, which has been very interesting to watch, especially this window. Although I know it was happening uh, previously, but bringing in two established Portuguese internationals. And Rui P- Patricio and Joao Matinho, um, I think were very interesting signings. Um, can you explain a little bit more that relationship with the Portuguese clubs and, and your take on it? Because I know some teams in the championship in particular were very uh, upset about the way you were going about things. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it all stems from the relationship that Fosun and our owners have with George Mendes, um, a subsidiary of their, you know, Fosun International Group own uh, portion of Gestafuto, which is George Mendez's agency. And I think that connection is what a lot of championship clubs had a, a problem with last season because they felt that he was getting players for Wolves who perhaps they didn't have a chance of getting and it was giving Wolves a competitive advantage. Um, but obviously the, the Football League looked into that and they didn't find anything untoward. So nothing's happened from it. Whether or not they're exploiting a loophole, I don't know. 
Um, I did have the opportunity to go in and speak with the club about their relationship with Mendes and this Portuguese market that's been opened up to us. And I mean, their response was, yes, there's a there's a relationship with with Mendes and uh, the owners, but it, he's not dictating transfer policy. He's not telling us which players to sign. It's just simply a case of our recruitment team, um, you know, are looking for top quality players and he's a facilitator. So they know they can call upon him if it's one of their players or if it's someone he might be able to set up meetings with, with some of the high level clubs where he's got connections. He's made himself available to Wolves to facilitate those deals. So, so yeah, so last season that opened up the doors to signing players like Ruben Neves from Porto, um, Willy Bolly and Diogo Jota. Um, you know, when we got this little basis, and along with our manager being Portuguese, we got this Portuguese contingent um, at Wolves. And I think that just from there, it's just kind of, it, it, it becomes more enticing for Portuguese players to want to come and play in England for Wolves because they know they're going to be surrounded by other Portuguese players um, and it makes that betting in process that much easier for them. And it probably helps the Wolves are, are backed by rich owners so they can they can pay the wages um, and the salary. So I, I think it's, Wolves are definitely exploiting the Portuguese market. Um, and I think that we'll probably see even more incoming over the next, couple of seasons but um but yeah so it's uh yeah it's an interesting one yeah and it'll certainly be interesting to see if it continues to grow like that i know um at tottenham there was a croatian contingent with uh modric and that group and then there's a belgian contingent now this just tends to happen at clubs although it does seem a little uh bigger than that with the the portuguese connection at the moment um you mentioned the manager also portuguese um What kind of play style can we expect from him and Wolves on the whole coming up? Obviously, we've had some very attacking sides in the past, like Blackpool, some very defensive sides like Middlesbrough, and I'm expecting to see that from Cardiff this year. What can we expect from Wolves as far as like a footballing identity? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they play a 3-4-3, three, three, three centre-halves at the back with wing-backs who get forward, and then two holding midfielders, and then kind of an interchangeable front three. Um, so it's quite a... It, it, <laughs> Just to carry on the, you know, the argument's very similar to Portugal, the national team, I think. I mean, you've got a lot of very skilled technical players. Um, and we can, you know, we've got the ability to open teams up. Um, and it's very much a possession-based game. However, having said that, a lot of Nuno's philosophy is being about well-drilled defensively. He's built this team out from the back. We had one of the best defensive records last season. So it's about positional awareness out of possession but then when we've got it, it's about moving the ball intelligently, switching play quickly to the the wide players in our three-man forward line. Um, and yeah, and counter-attacking, you know, blistering counter-attacks, that's what we became synonymous with in the championship. So, um, so I'd say we're probably like an amalgamation of all those teams you mentioned. I think we can be quite defensive at times because we're looking to spring that counter-attack. But then when we've got the ball... We know how to use it and, and we've got, like you say, we've got players like Matinho and Neves who are going to be able to help dictate games uh, when the opportunity arises to do so. So they're, they're an interesting team, Wolves. I think, they'll, I think they'll surprise quite a few teams with their versatility and their ability to sort of hang in games against the tougher opposition, but then enforce themselves when they're playing the, you know, the, the other teams towards the bottom. You mentioned the fact that you were also quite good defensively. I believe you had the joint best defense in the championship last season, as well as scoring the most goals, which makes a very easy, if not lazy, comparison to Manchester City. I have seen that 
written in the past as well. What do you make of that comparison? Is it something you take pride in considering their record-breaking season last year? Or would you rather just kind of strike out as your own and kind of not in, in the shadow of that comparison? Well, it's obviously very flattering to be compared to the, probably the best team in Premier League history. Um, I don't, obviously, I don't think we're anywhere near that kind of level. And I think probably their walls are a much different... There are similarities, but it's a much different style. I think City are much more attacking than Wolves are. And that's probably stems from the fact they've got unrivaled quality uh, front to back. Um, but Wolves, I think, are a little bit more disciplined. I think they're a bit more restraints, um, you know. But I think Nuno and Pep, there's quite they're similar in their approach. I think they're very meticulous. I think they think very deeply about positioning um, and you know versatility of players. I mean, like Man City, Wolves tend to use players in different positions to suit different purposes. Um, so yeah, the comparison there are minor comparisons, but I, I don't think we're anything like the kind of swashbuckling attacking football that Man City play I think we're much it's much more about control and you know discipline interesting stuff for sure um which players do you think neutral should really keep an eye on and will make the biggest impacts for Wolves this season uh well Ruben Neves is the you know probably the championship's best player last season I know Fulham might think differently Ryan Sessegnon got the actual award but <laughs> Ruben is in uh, central midfield he just pulls all the strings he, he the, the passes he makes he's kind of like a De Bruyne type figure he's perhaps not as mobile doesn't get around the pitch like De Bruyne but he picks out those passes that you just have to look twice at to, to you know understand how it was actually possible and he can shoot from distance if he's able to transfer the form that he showed in the championship to the Premier League then we'll you know he'll be, you know, certainly linked with 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 teams higher up because he's, uh, you know, a wonderful talent. Uh, beyond him, um, Diogo Jota, you know, he, he was fantastic in the championship last season. Uh, quickly identified as one of the most potent attacking players and hacked down consistently week in week out by teams looking to stop him getting into his stride. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I could pick out loads of players. I'm obviously hoping Moutinho who's a you know, veteran now at 31. He's, uh, he's going to have a good season. I watched him in a pre-season friendly against Villarreal last week, and he looked very uh, calm and composed, as you'd expect. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's an exciting... There's a lot of talent you could pick out in, in, in the Wolves team. Um, so, yeah, just, it should be very interesting to see, because most of these players haven't actually played in the Premier League before, how they adapt, who's able to step up, and who maybe you know might surprise us by struggling. Yeah, more specifically, who do you think would be the leading goal scorer and the lead assist man for for Wolverhampton this year? Oh, that's a difficult one. It's difficult because I don't think we really play with an out and out centre forward. So it's, you know, goal score is very difficult. Um, I think it will probably a goal score probably Jota because I'd expect him to play the majority of the matches and he can either play straight through the middle or he can play out wide across the front three. So he'll probably play the most games, which probably gives him the most opportunity for goals and assists. Uh, but one player who could be a bit of a wild card is Adama Traore, who we've only signed today yeah. for Middlesbrough, £18 million. Pounds. Uh, I don't know anything about how he's going to fit into the wall system. But he's a very explosive player, you know, probably the fastest player in the Premier League, I would imagine. Um, and he last season seemed to really step it up in the championship and he looked 
very difficult for fullbacks to live with. So I imagine he's been bought with a view to starting games. So he could be one to watch, certainly on the assists. But uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe Traore on the assists and, um, you know, Jota for the goals. Very interesting stuff indeed, and one that the fantasy players will definitely uh, take interest in as well. Um, You have bought a lot of players, including Adama Traore today. Um, To be fair, Fulham have also been on their own uh, spending spree, having also rejoined the Premier League. Uh, Cardiff, not so much. But uh, with with these kinds of purchases, especially the profile of the players you've signed, what are your expectations heading into the season? Because it seems from the outside looking in that just staying up wouldn't be enough for the squad. Well, I think most people, most Wolves supporters are hoping for, you know, mid-table or maybe slightly even better, but it's so difficult. I think most people with common sense accept that there's a kind of an established top five or six and it's very difficult to try and even contemplate getting near those uh, in those teams. But then from maybe seventh or eighth down, it's so hard to, to, you know, pick out who's going to finish above who. So I think the the hope is that we're competitive with all of the teams outside of that power six um, and that maybe we can finish towards the top of that secondary table. Um, personally, for me, I'd just like to see us um, stay up with a degree of comfort as a minimum. So we're not, you know, in and around the bottom three. The last time we came up under Nick McCarthy, it was very much a case of, oh, wouldn't it be great to finish 17th and stay out of the bottom three on goal difference? You know, that was the expectation level and that was probably realistic with the with the management team and the you know the investment that was going into the club at that time whereas now I think we it's clear with the owners and the management and the caliber of player we're bringing in that we're looking higher than that so I think I think mid tables a fair expectation and I you know I just hope that they can achieve that yeah and on the eve of the deadline for transfers in England incomings again other countries will still be able to bring in players until the 31st as is tradition uh do you think we'll see any more moves from Wolverhampton or do you think most of the business is behind you now uh local press reporting maybe one one or two more players at least um we put in a bid we had a bid accepted for Zinchenko Manchester City um and I think the club are still hoping that he's going to make the decision that it's in his benefit to move to Wolves. Um, and he's a versatile player who can play at wing back and central midfield. So he's probably one that we're we're hoping might still go through. And then there's two or three others that have been discussed. So it wouldn't surprise me if um, you know we saw at least one or two additional players come in. I think the squad's quite quite thin. Uh, Nuno likes to work with a smaller group. Um, so I don't think we're going to see major, you know, major number of additions, but possibly one or two. I think we need a, a center, someone else who can play at centre half. We play three centre backs, so we need need to be well stocked in that area, and then possibly cover a, a wing back and, and central midfield. So um, a versatile player who can fulfil one or two of those positions, and maybe especially centre half as well. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Who knows. Yeah, and then we spoke with uh, Russ Goldman, who, who uh, spoke with us about Fulham coming up, about how last season all three of the promoted sides stayed up. We asked him if he thought that would be the case again this year. Uh, he said definitely two of them, um, obviously not thinking Wolves would go down, uh, but it would be Cardiff. Do you, do you agree with that assessment that of the three that came up, Fulham and Wolves should be safe and Cardiff uh, less so? 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you, you know, if you subscribe to the fact that, you know, you look down a team sheet and look at the quality in the squads, you have to deduce that Cardiff would be the team that would struggle. Um, they've invested, you know, heavily in areas, but they've tended to buy good championship players, players who excelled last season in this, you know, in the league below, uh, rather than players who, you know, can do it at a high level. So they're kind of rolling the dice and hoping that players are going to be able to step up. So, it will be difficult for them, I think, but they have a very focused way of playing. Um, they will put a lot of balls into the penalty area. They'll be very strong from set pieces. And we've seen teams in the Premier League do that very successfully. And, and you know, you you immediately think that they'll struggle, but, you know, they tend to, you know, they can get as high as mid-table because teams aren't able to adjust to the, to the nature of how they play. So... I wouldn't put it past, uh, you know, Cardiff to do better and surpass expectations. Um, so I think there's an outside chance that all three teams will stay up. But I would agree with the theory that Cardiff are probably the ones who may scupper that. Uh, would Middlesbrough from two years ago be a decent comparison? With Cardiff? Um, I think probably Cardiff have got more about them. I think Middlesbrough were quite tactically astute defensively under Karanka and they didn't concede a lot of goals, but I don't think they had much potency in attack. That was literally the problem. Whereas I think Cardiff are very good at, like I say, they're good at attacking in the way that they like to attack. They're very physical and direct and they will get a lot of balls into the box. So I think they'll probably be more effective than Middlesbrough. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, until it starts... And you can actually see the the team they're putting out and how they're approaching it. Because I assume Neil Warnock will have will have modified their team slightly and tweaked the way they're going to play a bit for the Premier League. So it'll just be interesting to see how it works out. I think if they have a slow start, they'll struggle. Uh, but then that could be the same for, for any number of teams, including Wolves. Yeah, uh, before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts that, that we didn't address today on Wolverhampton or the approaching Premier League season? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I'm just trying to keep, you know, expectations in check. I mean, it's it's a very exciting time for Wolves. There's no doubt about it. The club have said openly they want to be challenging at the higher end of the table. We've got very ambitious owners, um, you know. So I, I definitely think they're a club to watch this season. It's a very interesting story that's developing uh, in the wider football community, not just for wall supporters. So definitely an interesting one to watch. But um, but no, yeah, we're just happy to be back, happy to be competing with the, the best in the land. And um, yeah, just very grateful and happy to be here. Yeah, and we're glad to have you back, and especially with you in Fulham, two sides that should play some pretty interesting football, um, which is not a compliment we've been able to pay many of the teams that have been promoted in the past yeah. few years. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Thomas. If you have anything you'd like to plug or want to tell people where they could reach you, now would be a good time. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, if you just want to check out anything to do with Wolves ahead uh, of the season, just visit the website, wallsblog.com. Easy one to remember. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at wallsblog or at facebook.com forward slash wallsblog. All right, well, thanks again. Welcome back to the Premier League, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cheers, Kev. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.